Henri Desiree Landru. He was arguably one of France's most prolific killers, a reverse black widow who preyed on the vulnerable, a monster for sure. But unlike the monsters of legend, no knight would bring him down. No, for a job like this, you need a maiden. Y'all listening to Old Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your host, Christy and Scott. Christy, welcome Scott. back. It's oh. back. I'm back on I'm, Old Timey Crimey. I missed you. I missed you too. I missed doing this. Oh, man. Man, oh, man. Christy how it was on assignment. It was on assignment, your... which meant I was drinking my way through Paris and other places in France and having escargot for the first time and dealing with my travel anxiety. I've got to ask, <laughs> I've never had escargot. What's it like? And don't say chicken. You're not allowed to say chicken. <laughs> but it is just a little bit slightly tougher, but not like like mussels or anything are, which I can't deal with like mussels and clams. But it is, it does have a similar texture to, to chicken, but it's really in the preparation. Like They prepare it in like a pesto sauce and it's meant to be eaten slowly. I only had one. Jackson had the rest of them. He did talk me into it. I got about, you're, you're supposed to really enjoy it about 10 to 15 seconds in, my brain went, snail, 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 snail. And I was like, just grabbed my, my wine. I was like, cold, cold, cold. But I did really actually enjoy until my brain kicked in and was yeah. like, what are you eating? Yeah. <laughs> That's gross. You had a snail on the hot tub cover the other week and you nearly threw up. <laughs> so, so yeah, but it was an amazing time. We had so much fun. Just, it, it was, it was crazy. And there was the usual travel stuff, but I think I'm getting, I'm getting better. And honestly, travel is teaching me this. I'm getting better at living in the moment. Nice, Which is good. so hard with anxiety, because as my therapist tells me, anxiety lives in the past and the future. It cannot live in the present. And there was a moment when Jackson was trying to figure out, you know, we had just gotten to Antibes, which is in the Riviera, and yes, I know. Um, and he's like, so how long are we here for? And I'm like, I, I think until next Sunday or Monday, but I don't want to look right now. I don't even want to think about travel yet. I want to live right now in this moment. I, and, and I was actually like, yeah, I should do that more often. Good I should for you. I should live in the moment more often, except for when the moments are scary and you're on a plane. <laughs> then I should just, you know, take Xanax and have a beer. <laughs> one one of the things that has helped me, and Christy will affirm this, I hope. I've had a lot of success in the last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that has helped me isn't so much living in the moment, but actually living a bit in the future. And then trying to imagine how I got there and enacting those steps. But if it can be a positive future, that exactly. can work. But my exactly. brain, I do uh, what's called catastrophizing. And I think of the worst possible thing that could happen. And so um, when I'm doing that, I'm living in the bad future. And so when I'm living, if I'm living in the good future, you know, a, a place where good things are happening and I'm not plummeting down to the sea in a plane, <laughs> then that's great. You just but I, to... Have to, I, I need to work that into the future thinking. Remember, time machine? And laser cannon. Exactly, yes. yes. And while I was in France, I picked you up a couple little things. We did, Jackson and I both did. Oh, no. <laughs> I know you like your Tic Tacs. I do. And I saw these in the Montparnasse Tower. So here are your... Cherry Cola Tic Tacs. I say, Cerece Cola. <laughs> um, let's see, yeah. Gusta Cerece et Cola. 
And my heavens. Yeah, I tried to read that and I was unsuccessful. Good luck. Yeah, that ain't gonna happen. I'm gonna try one. I'm gonna try one here. Go for it. Ooh, I just popped the freshness seal. Do you know what this little divot's for in here? What is it for? <laughs> it's for that. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> it's a, perfectly sized. On the underside, on the underside of every tic-tac lid, apparently all over the world, there's this little oval, right? <laughs> And the oval is so that you can shake one out and present it to a friend so that they don't shake more than two out and then put one back in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very sanitary thinking on the part of yeah. the Tic Tac makers. And then... Oh, my um, God. Is it good? That is really good. Thank you, Christy. Everything in France, I swear, is better. The, the wine, of course, is better. But even, like, we, we like mineral water here mm -hmm. a lot. We, you know, we'll drink it when we're having a nice dinner. It's better over there. I swear to God. But we also got you, um, these were um, with the, one of the dinners on the plane. Oh my God. <laughs> Just regular old Tic Tacs. But it's a teeny tiny little package oh of them. God. It's so cute. Don't it's... ever talk to me or my son again. I just put them <laughs> side by side. It's like, it's tiny like, <clears throat> excuse me. It's tiny like everything in France. Um, uh, tower <sighs> rooms and you're climbing up winding staircases to get to them with your big suitcase and you're really rethinking your packing and everything but yeah so. now did you notice that once you get south of paris i don't know if you went south of paris oh, yeah. at all mm -hmm. did you notice people started to look like me <laughs> men started to look a bit like me yeah some of them mm -hmm. yeah my my uh my parents not my parents but my parents 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 <laughs> Are from the south of France. Oh, okay. So yeah, it was a it was a thing where one of my history teachers, whenever I was in school, was describing what the men and the women. The women are very beautiful in the oh south. Oh my of France. gosh, they're beautiful all through France. It's yeah. just one of the joys is sitting at a cafe in Paris, especially, but everywhere. It's just sitting on the sidewalk and just watching the the, the men and the women. They're so mm -hmm. beautifully just dress and that they're, they're so casually elegant and I just don't know how the fuck they do it. <laughs> but, I'm tripping over everything. <laughs> yeah, but, but the men tend to look like me. Maybe handsomer versions of me. But yeah, it's all of them short, kind of like not quite an olive complexion to the skin, but definitely darker than Caucasian. Mm -hmm. You know, still Caucasian. Don't worry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that nice white man walking down the street. It's what everybody says whenever they see me. <laughs> yeah. So how about you? How, how's your uh, how's your life been the, since I left? <laughs> the doctor has me on an interesting antidepressant. Oh, fun. That's always fun. I've been there. <laughs> no, this is vitamin D. Oh, vitamin D, Just that's right. Yeah. vitamin D. And oh my God, it's working so well. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. They have me on 50,000 units once a week. And then I think 6,000 units of vitamin D every day on top of that. So I, uh, I am severely vitamin D deficient. <laughs> and that's, that's why he said I was at work staring at the pen thinking I could just headbutt this. Put the pen between me and, my fore and the desk and the forehead and just boom. Oh. You know? So yeah, now that I've got that vitamin D in me, I still don't like my job. <laughs> But I have hope. <laughs> so, well, that's fantastic. And I do want to throw a little shout out out there. Uh, got in contact with with a person from my past that I hadn't seen in a long time. She said she would listen to the, uh, the podcast. Pleasant. Hey. Hi, Pleasant. Oh. You have a wonderful name. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She is a wonderful person. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I uh, started speaking to her again. So, hello. And I actually have to shout out to uh, Fred from France 
who we met in Bonn, and he spoke very good English. And we also had a, a wonderful moment when, you know, we were trying to figure out what swear words he knew in English, and he was, fucking, fucking translates everywhere. You were telling was, me fucking is universal. It is, yes, it is universal. People speaking in entirely different languages, and they're just sprinkling fuck in there. Like, it was so funny. <laughs> At least I understand one word. The word fuck is so interesting, because etymologists are not certain where it came from. That is funny. Yeah. It mm. either comes from the Dutch word fucking meaning to breed cattle, or it's from uh, papers in England to actually give you permission to have sex with your wife on their <laughs> marriage knife, the uh, fornication under consent of the king. <laughs> your fuck papers, essentially. Now, and here we thought that Americans wanted to acronymize everything. Exactly. So I read all this on the internet, so that could all be total bullshit. Oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. But I like to believe it's true. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about one fucking guy here today. Oh, this dude had so many fuck papers. Oh, he had he had too many fuck papers. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, this is um, Henri Desiree Landru, and I want to apologize in advance for all of our mispronunciations. I'm still working on my French, even after two weeks in France. I, I, I was told it was très bien by some very kind people. I did not believe one word of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a bone to pick. I wrote copious notes. France, why do you use so many letters and then just cut it off like halfway through the word? My bone to pick is why don't they pronounce half of it? <laughs> That's what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, one oh, yeah, the, that's what you mean. Okay, yeah, all right. Like, one of the towns we're going to be talking about today is called Gambet, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. G-A-M-B-A-I-S. Yeah. Gambays <laughs> is what it should be. But all of a sudden, it's like Gambet. <laughs> just kind of, I just lost that energy. I, I've had too much wine. <laughs> I, that, that may be the reason why. <laughs> that might be it. Uh, too uh, much slurring. If you, if you have too many S's, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, he was um, born in 1869 uh, in central Paris, um, went to a Catholic school where he was educated by monks, had a, a pretty just banal upbringing, nothing really, you know, no, no severed goose heads to speak of, nothing like that. Um, no, least, no Mr. Squeakers and Mr. Quackers. At least that we know of. That we know of. Yeah. So, that, that we're aware. Um, and... Uh, I mean, he made it to be a subdeacon at the uh, the the, ch the church. Um, Worst Marvel superhero ever. <laughs> yeah. They'll never make that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it would get like a two percent on Rotten Absolutely. Tomatoes. Absolutely, unless if Paul Rudd was the subdeacon. Mm. Yeah, you know I'd what? Watch that could that. work. That could work. Yeah. So uh, he actually met his. Uh, okay, I read some conflicting accounts. It was weird. Um, his his wife Marie Catherine. Um, she said that she first, um, she, she saw him at mass one Sunday. This would be in 1887. He would have been 18 then. Um, and this is a quote. We got talking as we were leaving church and so my love story began. But then I read other accounts that said she was his cousin. And I read other accounts that said he knocked up his cousin and had an illegitimate child with her and then later married Mary Ca or Marie Catherine. So I have no idea there may be some cousin fucking going on, or might not. It was really, there was some conflicting accounts, as we usually see. It's nothing nothing new. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's one of those deals. Uh, it was a thing. Beast and I encountered that last week with, uh, with that episode. Mm -hmm. It was just 
the history is a very malleable thing. It really is. It really is. Yeah. yeah. And especially when you get sensational cases like this that really like blew up in the, in the press, mm -hmm. those details can get really muddled. So, so yeah, we're, we're doing our best. We'll try to tell you when there's, you know, conflicting accounts from, you know, this source and that. And I guarantee in a hundred years, it's going to be the same thing. Oh, whenever, yeah. whenever our children are doing postmodern timey crimey, yes. and they're talking about the OJ case. They're going to go, I don't, somebody said a white Bronco, we have a white pickup truck, a white Ford, a white Chevy. Yeah, yeah. they're not going to, we, we know. I yep. watched that shit happen. Yep, same I, here. I ordered a pizza. <laughs> I never wanted to see a murderer get away as much as, <laughs> as that night. Come on, can he do it? Is it he going to make it? It was very exciting. It really was. <laughs> Then he actually had three years of obligatory military service where he went from private to deputy quartermaster. I don't know what that is. It sounds pretty impressive. I believe a quartermaster is actually somebody who cares for weapons. Oh, I was going to say maybe horses, but you know what? Google it and, and tweet us <laughs> or get on what? our Facebook. Tell us which of us is right or that both of us are wrong. The reason why I think it's quartermaster is a somebody who, who distributes and takes care of weapons is that's what Q in the Bond films. Oh. That's what the Q stands for. It stands for quartermaster. Okay. You might be right. I was just thinking of Horses have like quarters. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm looking. No, this no, no, up. no, 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 no! I want oh. people to tell us. I want people to tell us. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave you in I'm suspense. Gonna, I'm gonna look it up whenever <laughs> I get home, or whenever she's not looking. Tweet us. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, he, and his first child, uh, Marie, with Marie Catherine. That's a little confusing, but you know they named the first daughter after her. It still happens to this day. Absolutely. Yeah, I was born um, 1891 during his service. He came back, married her. Um, they had some more kids, and then he started job hopping like a millennial. Oh my god! Yeah, they had, they had uh, four children all together. Yes. Uh, Marie, of course, was illegitimate. Mm -hmm. Eighteen ninety-one, and that's going to be kind of a theme that we. Yeah, see. we see a lot of illegitimate children here. It's interesting. It's the one thing I've noticed. There are certain with, with serial killers, and that's definitely what's going to happen here. It, just because there was a reason behind the killing doesn't make this not a serial serial killing. Well, I saw an argument to the, the reverse side of that, but it, it can be... I, I was meant to look up, like, do some research further into the definition of serial killer, multiple murderer, spree killer, and then I, I didn't. <laughs> so. The reason why I'm saying serial killer is a lot of the women he killed had illegitimate children. There's a pattern. Mm -hmm. there's yeah, a there's pattern a pattern. Right yeah, there. yeah. There's, so, there's, yeah. there's definitely, and there's more patterns we can talk about exactly. too. Exactly. So 1891, Marie. 1894, the second child, Maurice. Uh, 1896, Suzanne. And 1900, Charles mm -hmm. is uh, is the order in which they're born. And all of them were kind of dicks. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, we're going to definitely see what kind of dicks they were. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yeah, Marie Catherine was working as a laundress, and he was off. Uh, Henri, well, I'm going to call him Landru because Henri feels like it's personalizing. Yeah. Uh, really yeah. monster, so... Landru was uh, a plumber's accountant. He was a furniture salesman, which would come into play later. Five pipes. Man, look at him. Oh, shit, son. I was knocked over Christie's wine, gesticulating to imaginary pipes. And we're just going to move that. 
over here. Get everything out of the range of Scott, the clumsy oaf. (laughs) So, yeah, and Marie Catherine, his wife, later said that he was a model husband and father, but also said he was a skirt chaser from day one. You know, maybe that's her thing. But I have to say, in the actual definitions of these things, there's a Venn diagram with skirt chaser and one circle and model husband and father on the other mm-hmm. circle and these circles are on different planets but they're right in the middle <laughs> right in the middle there's a little gray area and that's where landrew lives apparently it's a very gray there's like a third circle up here that's a serial killer and that's where <laughs> landrew lives there we go perfect this dude had my dream job he was assistant to a toy maker right right he, he even like had like a little tiny a uh, toy, uh, like an automated children's toy that he was thinking about making. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be an awesome job, assistant to a toy maker. I want to be Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that is. It does sound super fun and not like something that would lead you know to eventually killing many people. Yeah, but th- it did. I don't think. I think even if he would have been like you know, you know, passing out happiness. This yeah. dude would have ended up being a serial killer. No matter how many lollipops he had. Yeah. So, and he also liked to swindle. Um, his, his criminal career began, as, as we, we keep on seeing, with swindling. Now, there's, there's another Venn diagram there. Yeah. <laughs> and that one's actually the center of it's getting crowded. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This Venn diagram is very close to that gray area we were talking about. <laughs> yes. Maybe dead center. <laughs> yes, pretty much. He actually, um, in 1898, he did invent something. He seemed to have some aspirations towards being an inventor, although not as many aspirations of just getting people's money. Um, the, he invented the Landru, which, of course, he named after himself. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a primitive motorbike, which I can tell you, uh, Paris would later be swarming with these. Oh, my gosh. And they drive like crazy. They just they just weave their way through and around traffic. And it's, I don't know. I don't know how anybody drives in Paris. I would need so much medication like like probably so much medication you could no longer drive yeah definitely yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 really fun speeding through the tunnel where lady died crashed and died um in a black mercedes benz at 80 miles per hour in an uber to to be fair you know the the queen wasn't trying to kill you <laughs> so that like the that arabs wouldn't take control of the throne <laughs> just saying <laughs> So, yeah, he actually uh, got some investors for this because he was going to build a factory. No, he wasn't. (laughs) No, he definitely wasn't because then he just skedaddled the fuck out of there. And interesting note, um, I did look up the Landrew to see if there were any um, around. And in February of 2018, one sold at auction for... 22,648 euros. Oh my god, he'd be so happy. He'd be so happy. And the estimate for it, what it might have gone for, like before they, they auctioned mm-hmm. it, was one to 2,000 euros. So they really got a good deal yeah. on that. It, it was I, funny finding that. I don't think Landrew intended to embezzle any of this money. But I think the laziness just sort of kicked in. I think you're probably right. Yeah, because yeah. he—I mean—he did actually like invent something, and you know, he he in, invented that, you know, or tried to, or said he invented an automated children's toy. Mm-hmm. He had dreams about a suburban railway line, but then he just go would get money from it, and then again just skedaddle off to wherever the fuck and or wherever le fuck. Le <laughs> fuck. I say le <laughs> fuck. <laughs> We didn't. That one hurt. (laughs) (laughs) 
We did a little too much. I hope we didn't offend anyone. Merd. So here's my favorite part. Here's um here's the one of the few times I can relate to a serial killer. Okay. Um, he this tried isn't to, good. It's not good, but it's it's funny. Um, <laughs> he tried to defraud a bank in 1904. He was. Yep. How, how, did you ever try to defraud a bank? No, I did not. No, okay. I haven't done that. But then he was running away from the bank and he fell, and that's how he got caught. <laughs> and let me tell you. I have tripped a lot in France. I have fallen a lot in France. The very first time I went to Lyon, uh, when we went seven years ago, my entry to that city was stand up on the train, forget that the seats are on a little platform mm -hmm. and the aisle is lower, trip, fall into the seats across the aisle, and yell, motherfucker. <laughs> Thank God nobody was sitting in those seats, first of all. And second of all, French trains are so quiet, even the babies don't cry. It is amazing. They are so, they're libraries. It's unbelievable. Everybody is very quiet. So me yelling out, motherfucker, as I tumble onto these other seats. Was... the American spine. Yes, exactly. So, so yeah, I, could, I, read, I read that and I was like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I tripped over so many things. I tripped over thin air. And the problem is, prob it's mostly that I'm... I'm looking around and what's what, what's not that it. over there see the flat earth it still spins <laughs> yes but france is closer to the center of the flat earth so you're used to the spin out here in pennsylvania that's which is true so you know you're trying to adjust to that that less centrifugal force in the center we've finally figured it out it's mm -hmm. not that i'm distracted by pretty architecture exactly. not at all no. or like pr pretty dresses or the anything. earth is flat <laughs> yes so yeah i tripped Bullshit. over a lot of that <laughs> Um, I, I find it I find it scary that we are falling backwards. Like we are like we had the Renaissance, like Leonardo yeah. da Vinci and Raphael and the other Ninja Turtles all pulled us out of the Dark Ages. Yeah, and now we're just going like we have this beautiful tool, the Internet, the Library of Alexandria, rebuilt. Right? And we're just getting stupider because of it. And I think the problem is we've given everybody a voice. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. As we sit here on our podcast with our voices. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm not going to try to uh, make money off of it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's the one time when I can relate to a serial killer. I was like, yeah, I would, I would do that. And I did do that. Not while running from police or anything, but just, just while walking on a completely flat surface with no impediments whatsoever. How many times have you seen me walking with a cane? <laughs> Because I've fallen and hurt myself. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So after he was arrested in 1904, he was taken to Sante Prison, where he made what was probably a fake suicide attempt. Now, I don't ever want to say that any suicide attempt is definitely fake, but it seemed like the timing was a little perfect, where he's, you know, trying to hang himself mm -hmm. with the sheets and the guard. Just It just happens to be when the guard is coming to, you know, him. And he was examined yeah. by a leading... A uh, criminal psychiatrist. Yeah, I, but like a bedsheet noose? That's, mm -hmm. If you're going to kill yourself, that sounds a, like a very comfy way to kill yourself. It's, <laughs> well, it depends so, on the thread count. Yeah, thread count. I don't think the thread count at Sante Prison was, mm -hmm. was like Egyptian quality sheets. Well, on top of that, time of year, too. In the summer, that would be uncomfortable. It's just stifling. But like, oh, yeah. But like fall or spring, that's a very comfy way to off yourself. <laughs> Oh, it's so warm and cuddly. It's <laughs> <laughs> horrifying. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so, yeah, and uh, this was Dr. Charles Vallon. 
Uh, once again, we just completely dropped those letters off the end of it. Exactly. One of France's leading criminal psychiatrists. Mm -hmm. And what did he say about Landru? He concluded that Landru was not yet insane, mm -hmm. thus responsible for his actions, but, show title, On, <laughs> on the, the Frontiers of, of Madness. madness. Yes, and he even said to uh, to Mrs. Landru, to Marie Catherine, keep an eye on him. Just, just, just watch. You know, like, just watch everything. In <laughs> Be careful. In my professional opinion, he is nothing than Chinese chicken salad. <laughs> but still, on the frontiers <laughs> of madness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting worse at a little pop. <laughs> uh, don't. You can't do it when you're laughing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> His findings were actually confirmed. Like two other psychiatrists, uh, Dr. Joseph Rogal der Fursack. <laughs> Fursack. And, and Dr. Jacques Rabinovich. Jacques? Can I see that? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't write those Dr. ones down. Dr. Jacques Rabinovich. No. Ro Robina no, no, no. Rabinovich. It's, it's Rabinovich. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jack Rabinovich. Yeah. You know, it's... <laughs> I was perfecting my fake American accent at one point when we were over there. Yeah, but Dr. Fursack and Dr. Rabinovich said, uh, yeah, he's right. He is on the frontiers of madness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, he, he served two years in jail. And then after that, he was just hopping in and out of prison. He had, you know, one of those, how they, they don't really do this too much anymore because everything's digital, but they had um, cards you could get, you know, like, They'd mark it when you got your sub, and yeah. you know you get like six, get the seven three. He was really working on getting that seven three, and and he he did. <laughs> he, he was did. in and out of prison seven times during this time period or a decade. This is the part of the podcast where I realize I do have an eating problem because right now I'm craving a sub. Like, <laughs> Sorry, no, I wasn't ten seconds ago. <laughs> I am now, but no, I'm not hungry. That's just my brain going. Like, Ooh, sub with horseradish sauce. That sounds great. Actually, making me hungry too. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah he was just and meanwhile his wife and kids are just hopping from cheap apartment to cheap apartment which can't be easy in paris yeah yeah even finding a cheap apartment in paris mm -hmm. like because it's 1909 sure but it's still paris mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and and yeah there's not it, it, i can tell you they're small <laughs> i can tell you that much welcome to your class apartments <laughs> and i don't know what they had back then, but right now they have weird showers um, without a... There's no... It's half a door. Okay. And then the rest is open. So the water just, like, flows out. Like, there's a drain in the back, but then the water just flows out into the rest of the... the like. I think they're called water closets? Well, I think water closet is a general name for, for... a bathroom. Bathroom, okay. yeah. Especially in uh, especially in, in Britain, it's, you know, the WC. Toilets are weird all over the place. Bidets, you know? Yeah, you know, yeah. They have the bidet in Paris, and honestly... You we know, actually have yet to run into a bidet. Really? In all our time in Paris, yeah. I'm thinking, like, the bidet actually probably makes more sense environmentally... Absolutely. Well, they're very environmental with their toilets. They have the dual flush system. Okay. We actually, um, because of this, we we got, when we redid our bathroom, we got the dual flush because we were all about it, which it's basically like two, it's either two buttons or two levers or whatever. And it's, you know, one for a little bit, mm -hmm. one for a lot. <laughs> there is something that I think more uh, more of the world needs to uh, to look into. It's called a gray water system. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my sister, uh, my sister who's passed away was actually 
looking at putting a gray water system into her house. And essentially what a gray water system is, it's a, it's a separate tank that all the water that you use after you shower, after you do the dishes, after like you wash your clothes, it goes into this tank, it settles, and then the water on top of that is used to flush your toilet. So you get to use it a second time through. Yeah, they use them in a lot of RVs, actually. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but uh, this is Toilet Talk with Scott and Christy. <laughs> we know our shit. <laughs> I think we just created another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll love, I'll love Lucy <laughs> to refer back. I have tears in my eyes. Is this mascara waterproof? We'll find out. I put three different kinds on. I have a problem. That's <laughs> all right. It was like, I, I'm only taking one mascara to France. Thank God it's four in one. <laughs> so anyway. is, it, is it like those little pens where you like click them down, you get blue, you get black, you get red, you get green ink? Not quite, but that would be a really cool invention. If there we go. needs to make that. There we go. Landru, make that and then yeah. swindle people out of money. Yeah. So speaking of Landru, now that we've talked about toilets and mascara. Um, we take tangents. So <laughs> we take tangents, yes. Um, we know our shit and we take tangents. Mm -hmm. uh, he, uh, while he was in jail, his uh, widowed father actually killed himself and uh, left... So it left the money, left uh, about 12,000 franc francs. About $40,000 modern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To uh, Mrs. Landrieu and the kids. Landrieu took it. Yep, yep. The model husband and father right mm -hmm. there. Yeah, he's really just, just, just hopping up and down in his little, you know, tiny little triangle in the yeah. diagram. And the father committed suicide over... Having Landrew as a son yeah, pretty on much. top of that. Yeah. From from what I read, a lot of times it only said, like, committed suicide, committed suicide, committed suicide. Mm. But it seems like he hung himself from a tree in his yard. Yeah, that's, that's what the I read one too. that I found most often. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then another swindle in uh, 1913, 1914. This was his, his biggest one yet. Uh, got more than a dozen people. He told him, you know, I'm going to build this, this, this automobile factory and you should get in on this. And then of course we all know what happens. He gets the money. 35,600 francs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that plus, and well, that would be about 120,000. About that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, then he takes that and the inheritance money from his father. And again, just skedaddles off to wherever the fuck yeah. and that right as the police are coming. Yeah. And he is convicted. He is convicted of this in absentia. Exactly. Yeah. Now I looked on a map. I couldn't find absentia. I don't know where that is. You can't do that when I'm about to take a drink. <laughs> there are rules. Scott rules. <laughs> Sorry. But he's uh absentia is not a place. It means he wasn't there, but he's convicted anyway. Basically means... He was absent. Yeah, absent. <laughs> Absentia. Well, and where is Absentia? On the map, Scott. Um, he's convicted to four years hard labor and exiled to New Caledonia. Exile for life. For life? Yeah. I didn't think they did that in yeah. 1914. Be exiled. I know, right? Yeah. And I I, I wonder, how was New Caledonia? I tried to look it up and um, first of all, the Wikipedia article on it didn't have a lot for that time period. Yeah. 
Um, and then second of all, when I just like look, looked at pictures, it seems very um, like vacationing. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems like it was actually kind of nice, but you might end up doing hard labor there too in, in 1914. Yeah, so. well, you know, maybe they were building the re the tourist resorts. Yeah, that's, that's maybe. What the hard labor was. I think there were some mines, maybe. Makes sense. So, um, so yeah, he's tried and convicted in absentia. He's off in wherever the fuck. And then um, we start with the murder victim. Yeah. And Landrew escapes to the town of Chantilly with Jeanne Couchet. She's 39. She's attractive. She's a seamstress. And she's widowed. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see some more widows and divorcees and single mothers. We're gonna, they're everywhere. And here, she had an illegitimate son, too. Mm -hmm. Andre. Uh, he was 17. And... Uh, Landrieu was going by a fake name at this point in time, as one does when one has been convicted and exiled in absentia. Mm. Um, the name Raymond Diard, French industrialist. <laughs> I noticed this. Most of the women he killed had something to do with clothing. Yeah, I think... I don't know if that's just a coincidence, if it's a pattern... Or if it's actually just because that was a very common way of making money. I mean, yeah. we saw so, sort of a similar time period with um, with Edith. Edith yeah, e, no, not Edith, Edith Thompson. Another E. <laughs> Evelyn Nesbitt. Evelyn Nesbitt, thank you. You are quite welcome. Um, and uh, Evelyn Nesbitt's mother, she made, you know, like tried to make a living with being a seamstress. There's, there's this thing, though, where... You know, back in that time, let's talk talk about some of the other, you know, we have nurse. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, a, a house, you know, a cleaning woman. Mm -hmm. We have nanny. Um, yeah. Um, shopkeeps, you mm -hmm. know, you know, just like not the actual owner of the shop. Oh, no, like a shop assistant. <clears throat> or yeah, like clerk. an assistant. Yeah. But it seems that Landrew always goes after the seamstress and the laundress. And what was his mom? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Good point. Yeah. yeah. But it could also be... It's Paris. Clothes are yeah, huge there. There's a bunch of fashion true. houses and big, big and small and unknown, you know, so it, it could just be the fact that it's Paris. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So, yeah, um, he, he tells Jean Couchet that he's going to marry her, and she has a job. She actually makes lingerie in Paris. And um, just a quick sidebar, we were looking at uh, real estate ads in the real Riviera and kind of doing some, some daydreaming. And it's funny to read the, the ad in French and then the translation. Uh, one of them had a, a lingerie, which it, it, we actually saw, you know, in a hotel. They had mm -hmm. a lingerie there. It's the laundry. You know, yeah. they had a laundry service there. And then the, the French trans, the translation into English, you can tell the ones that use Google Translate because this, this wonderful house in English has underwear. <laughs> Then there was the other one that we, we were delighted in that, uh, for some reason, had a 79-year-old lady, <laughs> which I think is just a mistranslation from the fact that they're saying that it's a 79-year-old, you know, grand dame. Right. And, but in English, 79-year-old lady in the English translation. And I'm like, hmm, what's that like? It says this house has connectivity issues. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so yeah, but th this was actually lingerie, um, and he talked her into quitting her job. Oh, man. Could which you... is just a, such a dick move. Uh, I wouldn't... If my girlfriend worked at a lingerie factory, I would not have her quit her job. Yeah. I would have her bring samples home and exactly. model them for me. Yes, heck, when I worked in a cup factory... 
we were allowed to bring a garbage bag in and bring the travel mugs, the, 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 the cast-offs home. And everybody was delighted with that. I can only imagine if I worked in a lingerie factory. Oh my God. And, uh, like, 39, attractive. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And that's an, another thing here that, that, that catches me up here is that he talks her into quitting her job. It seems like a lot of sources seem to be indicating that he's trying to swindle these women out of money or, you know, like, get their money... Somebody's not going to have a lot of money if they're not working. I think it's more along the lines from somebody who was in an abusive relationship. And this is going to sound weird. Yes, I was. I was the abusee. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my first wife was abusive. Um, well, men can get abused too. That's- oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's, we're still in that society where it's, and it yeah. seems unusual, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it was a thing. One of the things that my my first wife would try to do is cut me off from my support. Yeah, yeah. Try to isolate you. Right. So that could be a possibility because he also he carts her off to uh, uh, was it Gombe or no 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 sorry okay he carts her off to oh here we go Vernouillet. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> So many letters not pronounced. Yeah. (laughs) So many letters not pronounced. Um, Well, we taste her to Chantilly, too. Um, But, yeah, um, she does actually uh, figure him out. You know, France declares war on Germany in August 1914, early August. She goes back to Paris to be with her son, and she's supposed to meet up with Landru. He doesn't show. So she goes back to the house in Chantilly, and they find, with her brother-in-law, they find papers you know, letters that reveal that he has other things going on with other ladies, probably some other seamstresses. Yeah. And um, they figure out, from from some sources say that they actually figured out that he was a convicted criminal. Oh, absolutely. He was a fugitive. He mm-hmm. was, he, they figured it out. And Cachet tells her sister, sister and her brother-in-law that it's over with Landrew. But then resumes the nookie on August of 1914. Yeah, late August. What the hell? It was only really just like a, a week or two. Yeah, yeah. when she what started back of, up with them. What kind of magical genitalia is this guy packing? So here's some theories that popped up. Okay. Okay. First of all, um, one constant seems to be that he was he was a silver tongued monster. Um, but the silver tongue was more evident than the the, the monstrousness. Um, one article I read on Radio France Internationale <laughs> um, actually said that she was um, she was trying to avoid her son going to war. Her son was like Andre was very patriotic. He oh was yeah, he was gung ho yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. And so she was trying to like she was basically using sex in exchange for him helping her get her son to North America. Yeah. Her and her son to get to stay away from the war. So that was one. I, I But I, it was a very strange article because it was talking about the, like, the misogyny that was the big reason for why it took so long for him to actually get convicted. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, she was just, you know, like, using sex mm-hmm. for to get what she wanted. And it, so it was a little strange, the, 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 by it or the cognitive dissonance there. I I don't think so because one of the things that was keeping Andre uh, out of the military was that he was too young. He was not old enough to join the military. You must be this tall to kill a kraut. <laughs> and he was not. He was not. He was absolutely not. Until 
they actually yeah. did yeah. recruit him. They moved his conscription date up, and that was pretty much the last anyone heard. He sent um, a letter to his uncle in January 1915 saying, Hey, I'm going to war. I'm finally tall enough to kill a kraut. And Christmas of 1914, she said, you know, she wrote to a friend who was going to visit at Christmas, and she was like, eh, maybe not. It's pretty muddy, mm -hmm. which, uh, okay. And then that's it. They just vanished. They just vanished. All three of them had moved into a house in Vernouillet. Vernouillet. Uh, Landrieu is using the new alias Monsieur Couchet, actually mm -hmm. taking his mistress's last name. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of a smart move, I guess, <laughs> in a weird sort of way. But then they just up and vanish. Mm -hmm. And if you're if you're looking for the nitty gritty, if you're looking for the dark and grisly details. There aren't. Yeah, yeah, they're not here. We're we're not certain how he killed them, what the steps, what steps were taken. We have a vague idea. We don't have any definites, but we have a vague idea of how he disposed of the bodies. Mm -hmm. But maybe not even that. There was one um, old article from a newspaper that I think was the Washington Times that I started looking at. It was actually like the sort of like the microfiche style, and I was looking through it, and I w it, it was talking about. Um, two women that he had served some food to, and one was rich and one was poor, and they weren't supposed, you know, the, the, the rich one was supposed to eat it, but the poor one wasn't, and they both did, and the, you know, it, it went on and on and on. I started reading it, and just the, the style of the writing, I was like, this is definitely editorialized, because mm -hmm. it was, there was poison involved, of course, um, and, and so I don't think that they actually knew anything for sure, and it definitely, it seemed like it was also serialized. So that that added to the the fictional sort of feel right. to it. So I I didn't put any credence in that because I also didn't see any references to poison anywhere else. And it was very much like, you know, it just it just seemed like it was very made up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah, we don't know anything. We it could strangled, stabbed, poisoned, um, some sort of weird shots. combination of the three. Yeah. Psychic head explosion. <laughs> it, it nothing. We yeah. got nothing. We got nothing. Uh, we do know that there was murder number two. Mm -hmm. Teresa Labordlene, 46, also of Vernouillet. Oh, man, I'm <laughs> fucking it all up. June 1915. Here's a word I know. She was born in Argentina. There you go. There it is. Yay. You found one. Do what the Argentinians do. Use all the words. You put them there. <laughs> Use them. So... 46, born in Argentina, you know this woman was smoking hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, she was a divorced, unemployed widow. Talk about a triple whammy there. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being divorced now, but back then, that was a rough sitch. You know, yeah. that was not a good time. And, you know, she had a one son and a daughter-in-law. She's estranged from them. So she's already isolated. Yeah. There's no, he doesn't even need to work on that front. She's, she's pretty much alone. Um, and so this was, this was sort of his, his main method in gathering these women. I say gathering like he's just gathering flowers in I'm, the field. No, no, he's gathering them. them like cattle to the slaughterhouse. Yeah, yeah, luring yeah. them in. Was Lonely Hearts ads. And um, Help Wanted ads. Yeah, Help Wanted we, ads, too. We're not quite certain if uh, Therese uh, came through the personals ad or the Help Wanted ads. Mm -hmm. um, he, he did use both to, uh, to get his victims. And I have an example of um, like the, the general idea of his, his Lonely Hearts ads. Usually it's something like, Widower with, 
widower with two children, aged 43, with comfortable income, serious and moving in good society, desires to meet widow with a view to matrimony. <sighs> the, 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 the two kids make him seem stable. Of yeah. course, you had comfortable income, good society, looking for a widow. It's, it's very... The, the intentions are, are very built in there. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, these, these, these women, they, they, they trusted in it, you know? And this was very much a system where, you know, some of these women was, would put out their own ads. And he, he, I think, picked up a few that way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This was, this was creepy. This guy reminds me of the Craigslist killer. Yeah. Now yeah. that I'm starting stop to the, think about it. He's, he's the, the first version of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. First that we know of. That we know of, yeah. yeah. I'm sure there were m- many others, but... Because it did seem like a, 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 a way to lure people in. So, so yeah. Because um, she also placed an ad looking to be a lady's companion. Why she would respond to a man <laughs> writing about that is beyond me. But, so yeah. She, um, basically we just know, you know, never seen again. Yeah. It's going to be a recurring theme here. Then we have Marie-Angelique Guillaume. Uh, maybe? Gwa. Gwa? Gwa. Um, she was, uh, 52. Uh, uh, now I think we see the, the, the Vernouillet and Gambe in these descriptions of the, the ladies. And I think that's actually where they might've been killed. I think so. Yeah. Cause I, I think so. um, Marie-Angelique Guillain, oh, that's probably horrible. <laughs> um, she was living near uh, Gare de Lyon, which is a train station that I actually was at. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It's very, uh, very big and, and old style architecture. It's, 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 it's cool. Isn't it weird? Uh, isn't it weird to look at this and not really have to imagine because you've been there? Yeah. Yeah. And I have a, another one of those coming up. Yeah. Too, you're going to love. <laughs> so, um... She actually, she was widowed. Uh, she had been a housekeeper, and she retired after her employer um, died and left a bunch of money to her. I wish my nice. employer would die <laughs> and leave a bunch of money to me. <laughs> I thought you were just going to leave off the, the last part and just no. stick with, wish they would die. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't wish death upon them. I don't wish death upon them unless they are looking to leave a large amount of money to me. <laughs> In that case, yes, feel free. But I don't think like a, a huge East Coast corporation is going to die. <laughs> probably not. Probably, probably not. Yeah, we we lay Comcast to rest. <laughs> he was a good man, loved by all. <laughs> <laughs> In lieu of flowers, please send donations to Scott Moore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So uh, she also answered his Lonely Heart Hearts advertisement, and he had a whole story about how he was the next consul general to Australia, and he needed a good wife for those diplomatic receptions. Isn't it amazing what you could get away with before the internet? Really, right? Yeah, yeah before anybody could just Google you and be like, whoa, no, you were convicted in absentia and exile. Yeah. That doesn't seem right for a consul general to yeah. Australia. Were you exiled to Australia? Is that how you got the job? <laughs> you know, there'd be one dumb woman who would answer. A window closes and a door opens. Exactly. Scott, you know? Exactly. <laughs> it's it's incredible. The the comedian John Mulaney. I love John Mulaney. Have you have you listened to his old timey crimey skit? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, it is so true. 
It is so true. If you just weren't there, you had a 97% chance of getting away with it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's fantastic. Listen, just listen to some John Mulaney if you haven't. Please, he's amazing. Please, he's Spider Ham. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is the, uh, um, the what's new Pussycat? Oh, the Salt and Pepper Diner. Yeah, the Salt and Pepper Diner. Salt I could listen diner. to that over and over again, but not what's new Pussycat. <laughs> My favorite one is uh, Ice Tea. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. Because I actually looked up the clip on that episode of Law and Order. <laughs> I went, oh my God, he's right. This was exactly as he said it was. <laughs> oh gosh, that was a nice break from all the ladies dying. Yes, this is, this is what we're going to do. We're going to talk about two or three murder victims, have a little break. Yes. Two yes. or three murder victims, have another little break. Yeah. There's a lot. There, there's a lot. So the next one uh, was uh, Berta. Hayong? Oh my god, this poor woman. Oh my gosh. This, this is woman. this is the woman I feel the sorriest for because life shit on her. Oh my god, I shit know. on her and shit on her until like till the very fucking end. She made barely a living as a cleaning woman. She had lost her husband, her long-term lover, her two legitimate children and her illegitimate daughter in childbirth. Yeah. Just lost, lost, piled upon loss. It's horrifying. And she was 55. She met Landru, um, summer of 1915. Um, and he had uh, placed another Lonely Hearts ad, you know, thing in Le Journal. Mm-hmm. Le Journal. Le Journal. <laughs> the Journal. Yeah, I think I pr- actually pronounced it a little bit uh, in the feminine instead of the masculine, mm. which it should be. Um... Which actually, um... Ooh, aren't we hoity-toity? I'm working on... You can't see it, but her pinky's... En, fran- act- en francais, she, Whenever she drinks, her pinky extends now. <laughs> it actually was! <laughs> I did it! I did it just for you, Scott. I do sometimes drink like that. I don't know why. I feel fancy! I like it, okay? Um, and actually, um, journal is uh, French for n- newspaper. Okay. This is literally just called the newspaper. Uh, I guess they, the, the, the creative people were not in the building when they named it. <laughs> it's, it's accurate. Birth is... Once again, if we had the time machine and the laser cannon, mm-hmm. she's the woman that I'd want to just go back to give a hug to and go, I'm so sorry. Wrap a shawl yeah. around her. Well, she's a widow. Yeah. She probably already has the shawl. It's a requirement. And But just hug her, give her a nice cup of tea, and say, you know, just go go over there. Don't answer the advertisement. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Come no. over here. We're going to hop in the time machine. We're going to go to the tourist resort of New Caledonia. <laughs> That's where you're going to live out the no rest of your It's no longer a place to be exiled. It's okay. Um, yeah, and we're going to sprinkle these vertebrae that we found in Christie's uh, Christmas tree around, <laughs> and the bad man will get what he deserves. Yes. Now it's finally coming together. <laughs> yeah. This, being is like, none of these people, the bodies were ever found, really. Yeah. We'll, this might have been ha- what, what what happened. We'll get there. I want to <laughs> use the time machine. I know, right? Oh, the time-space continuum, Scott. <laughs> You just screw everything up and become your own grandfather or something Again. Like, like drama style. <laughs> so yeah, Landru is posing as a businessman, and he told her he needed a wife to come with him to the pretty colony of Tunisia. Which, what I know of Tunisia is just what I've seen in the first Star Wars movie, and 
and I'm not talking about episode one, so that, that that's not a thing. Um, so I don't. It, I guess just they didn't have Star Wars back then. Maybe <laughs> is the problem. It doesn't seem very pretty. It seems like a lot of desert. My dad was in Tunisia. Oh, really? During the war, he uh, he actually was stationed in Africa quite a bit during the war, mm-hmm. and uh, his his battalion fought like the uh, the Africa Corps, Rommel. Um, they bounce around. He was in the Pacific. He was in Africa and Saudi Arabia. He was in, uh, he was in, uh, Turkey for a while. Um, but yeah, Tunisia. No, it's essentially one giant litter box. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. So she, uh, she met him in the summer of 1915 and her presumed date or when she was last seen was December of 1915. So he did, he didn't just immediately hop to, he strung him along a little bit or worked his way into, in order to get access to their accounts is something that seemed to happen pretty frequently. Um, and then we have Anna Colomb. Uh, she was 44, uh, and she was a widow. She was a, a typist. And she basically had an illegitimate little girl, and she wanted a stepdad for him. And then, who the stepdad, the, the the daughter, she had supposedly sent off to live with the nuns in Italy. Yeah, which sounds like a book, the, the daughter, <laughs> and not an actual thing that happens. Yeah, the daughter is never found. Yeah, yeah, they could never find the they daughter. They never track the daughter down, which is mysterious and questionable. I think. Yeah, is it a thing where Landru went? I'll take the daughter to the nuns, mm-hmm. and that's immediately where I went to. I hope. I hope that she's actually lived with some nuns and and met some boy that was raised by monks yeah, and yeah. ran off together. But, but like not Landrieu, because no, he, he was he was yeah, educated by monks, monks. <laughs> not necessarily raised by them, but educated. Fair enough. So and then we have Andre Babelet. That's a, a Andre with two e's, so it's female. Uh, she was actually nineteen. Um, poor as a church mouse. Mm-hmm. So kind of weird. The the idea that he did it all for money, I, I sometimes feel like the money was just a secondary bonus, you know, that he, he did a, like a, a kind of extra swindle to add on top of the murders. I really feel that way because so many of these women just did not seem like they had money. Part of me thinks that he was trying to escape the life that he had with his wife, his four children, and like things like Andre, he would go to her and go... Okay, this is it. I'm done killing. I'm done killing. This is the woman I'm going to settle down with. I'm I'm 50-some, 40-some. This is a hot 19-year-old. And then and then something happens. I got to get rid of her. Yeah, yeah. it's possible. It, it... She was a casual prostitute. Yes, yes. And also a nanny. <laughs> casual prostitute would be a great name for a punk band. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. So they, um, he actually picked her up on the Metro, and uh, they spent, you know, she spent the next 10 days living with him. She called him Lulu. Jesus fucking I Christ. I know, right? Isn't that... I would have killed her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Because, you know, she would either go skew-skew with me, like Landru, Lulu, she goes. She would call me Scott, Skew Skew, or even worse if we would go by Doug, Doo Doo. 
Okay. Well, if you went by your last name, Momo. Momo. That's kind of cute. No, that's not. Momo? Momo. Isn't Momo that weird bird thing? On Avatar The Last Airbender? I'm thinking, isn't Momo... No, no, is Momo the... the, Momo's the... The weird bird thing that everybody thought was going to kill that. That's Momo, Yeah, that's Momo. Well, that kind of ruined the the Momo on, uh, on Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. No, I would have... Any any name where it's that thing and then that thing again, no, she would have to die. <laughs> so I'm going to well, say she may have deserved that. No. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with papers. <laughs> I'm being abused over here. <laughs> so she did not deserve it, no matter what she called him. She could have called him you motherfucker just as a term of endearment. He would have deserved would've... it. He would have deserved it. He would have deserved it, yeah. Um, she spent saying, some time with him. Don't call me doo-doo. <laughs> First in uh, a room in Paris, and then uh, another couple weeks at his rented house near Gombe. She was actually seen, a local game warden saw her learning to ride a bicycle, which doesn't that just hit you in the heart, and now do you think she deserves it? No. <laughs> See? I'm sorry. This is what I'm here for. Um, Fine, we'll take the time machine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll take the time machine, we'll give her a shawl, she doesn't have to be a widow, she can mm-hmm. have a nice shawl, keep her warm, and a cup of tea, and we'll bring her back. Now and wait till she yes. starts calling you a cuckoo. We're gonna Let's... gather just a whole bunch of divorcees and widows, and, and we'll just like put them in this room, and then we're gonna have to podcast somewhere else. <laughs> we said, we made it. New Caledonia is where they're going. Uh, New Caledonia, that's right. Yeah. So, um, she disappears uh, in timeline, timeline, timeline. Uh, April 1917, and uh, Landru uh, leaves uh, Vernouillet uh, for a new villa and has a large cast iron oven installed there. I, I, I wonder if he was a prodigious baker? Of humans. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, and then we have, we're winding our way down here, people. Uh, uh, Celestine Boisson, uh, 47. Uh, another time with the Lonely Hearts Hat, another widow. She was working as a housekeeper. Her only son was off at war. We get another alias for Landrieu, Georges Framnette. Mm-hmm. They actually became, quote-unquote, engaged. For two years. Two years, yeah. Yeah, and some of these were long cons. <clears throat> yeah, and he keeps putting off the marriage because I, I lost my papers. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> my driver's license fell behind the fridge and I didn't have time to get it. I've and got a long business trip. My fingerprints e. fell G. off. I'm, or sorry, i.e. I'm off killing lots of other women. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, and she disappeared in September of 1917. Um, or that that's at least her presumed date of death. Then we get to Louise Jean, 38. This one was an interesting one. Um, devout Catholic. Yeah. 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 He had to work for this one. Uh, I mean, she refused sex. Yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine saying no to sex. <laughs> well, you're... I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, he actually did, um, as Lucien Guillet was his alias then. Oh, so many aliases. How did he even keep track? Um, he broke her resistance... She relented. Here we go. If you have a Catholic woman and she's just not giving it up, all you need to do, take her to Mass. That apparently did it, yeah. Take her to Mass, <laughs> take her, took her to get mass. that ass. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> um, yeah, and she, uh, he, he, he took her to Gombe on... Uh, 
we see this a one-way train ticket. Uh, yeah. If anybody ever buys you a one-way anything. Don't do that. Mm -mm. Don't go with them. That doesn't bode well. They're trying to save money. Here's the thing. She probably assumed it was permanent to stay. You know, he probably promised her, you know, if you give in, you know, we'll, 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 I'll marry you. And, you know, not not in those exact words, but it was something along those lines, using the promise of a a future marriage, you know, maybe even, well, we'll we'll get married when we get there. Mm -hmm. And that was enough for her to give in. So the one-way train ticket would have made sense in that case. Get the open-ended two-way ticket. There you go. There you go. Yeah. That's a nice compromise. Yeah. 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 Insist on it. Um, and uh, after her disappearance, his new neighbors... I might have misspoke earlier because I think he's in Gombe now instead of Bernoulli. Um, um, I, I actually, think I just got it backwards. Yeah, I actually have him uh, for... Louis, um, I have it as Gombe. Okay, yeah, I think it was just, I got it backwards last day. Um, or I might not have. I don't know. But um, one way or the other, it's in Gombe that his new neighbors see some, some, some smoke pouring out of his villa. You making pork chops in there? It smells really good. <laughs> Is that chicken? Mm. <laughs> it smells like pork, trust me. <laughs> oh. Um... <sighs> <laughs> then we have uh ask me how i know <laughs> <laughs> no no uh Anne marie pascal uh 37 uh her neighbors this kind of broke me a little bit for some reason um her neighbors called her madame sombrero yeah because she wore these these, these she loved her wide-brimmed hats which I, think... I bought a nice big wide-brimmed hat when i was in france i i think it's a thing that if somebody gives you a nickname they really like you. Yeah, there's an this attachment is, there. Yeah, yeah there's, there's there's something there, and that, there's familiarity, and 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 yeah, yeah, they like you. Yeah, this this is a thing where, like, yes, the the Landru took these people away from somebody, but most of these people seem very lonely. Mm-hmm. Whenever you see a nickname, somebody has a nickname. Somebody cared enough about you to give you a nickname. Yeah, to get creative with yeah. it and to notice something about you that that they could use to make a nickname. Right. Sorry yeah. about Sorry. that. Sorry. I we're, just we're kicking each we other. We just kicked each other. So far, we've had uh, almost knocking over my my beer, and we've had me beating Scott with papers, and we've been kicking each other. So Christy we've got violence I, in the it, podcast room. Christy and I haven't recorded in like three weeks together, and now. <laughs> We need to get get back in the yeah, We're totally out of the rhythm. Actually, we're pretty in the rhythm, but that, yeah, <laughs> as far as like you remembering that I have beer here. <laughs> Plink. And one of us is going to end up losing a tooth by the end of the night. Yes, or an eye. Fatal podcasting. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, where, who, oh yes. Um, she was looking for a sugar daddy. Which in f- French was a vieux monsieur. Let me try it again. Vieux Monsieur. Um, Which is funny to me because Vieux is old in French. It's it's not sugar. Sugar is sucre. It's old mister. It's old mister. Yeah, she was looking for an old mister. Looking for an old mister. They don't sugarcoat it. Uh, (laughs) I actually put that in my notes without realizing it was a stupid pun (laughs) until just now. I really did. I was like... I was jet lagged when I wrote that. <laughs> oh, you can tell. I I wrote my notes at like four thirty in the morning, so oh. like they're scraped out, <laughs> yeah. and, just, and like I tried to underline stuff, and I'm tired, and it goes, it goes <laughs> through the word. Uh, that's, uh, a, that's good enough. Thank I you just, for calling Comcast. What the hell do you want? I, mean, I either really want to draw attention to this, or I don't want to say it at all. Yes. So, uh, yeah, she found um, 
on his lonely heart sad in September of 1916. She did not, um, her speculated murder date is April 1918, so there's two years yeah. there. Yeah, which, my God, he's... He's prodigious he's and layering. Yeah. yeah. How? And he was probably, God only knows, he was probably using another alias with her. He and was the, probably the, ten different people. And these are the people that we know about. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, there's, there's, there's definitely more. Absolutely has to be more. Mm-hmm. And so then we have Marie-Thérèse Marchardier, uh, 37. She was actually a career prostitute, and she uh, was an quote-unquote entertainer. Uh, the, the French army non-commissioned officers knew her as La Belle Métisse, mm. which I could never figure... Uh, Google Translate won't tell me anything about Métisse, what it is. It's like M-Y-T-H-E-S-E. So if anybody knows what that is, Google Translate is shit. Uh, it's Merde. <laughs> um, so here is where uh, I come in. She usually hung out on the Rue Saint-Jacques. Uh, and uh, if, anytime I would see like a street name or a place name that I you know, wasn't sure about, I would look it up. Okay. So um, when we stayed at our second hotel, our last night in Paris, uh, before we flew back out, uh, we stayed at this hotel that was, it was a two-star you know, used by like we saw like students in mm -hmm. the. You know, it, it wasn't bad. It was it was fine as a place to stay. Um, it, it was right around the corner from a, a busier street. And Jackson went up and he was was looking for an ATM. And he goes down one way. He, he turns right and he's like, eh, "This looks a little sketchy. There's a little bit more graffiti than I'm used to in most areas. Like France, there's a lot of graffiti, but it's not. It's still not in the the, mm -hmm. the, the better areas. So then he goes back up left and. It's better. It's, we literally were like right on that dividing line between this kind of sketchy area and the, the okay area because we were also really close to the, the Pantheon. So um, so I looked it up and that, that was the street. Wow. Yeah, yeah. She might have hung out on, you know, like the, the very corners that we trod upon. <laughs> With her two Belgian griffin dogs. I know. Yeah. Oh, and he might have killed those too. They found dog bones, <clears throat> Scott. They found bones from two dogs. I mean, I would hire a prostitute that had two dogs. I know, right? It's yeah. very classy. Ac absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Know? And she met Landru when she was selling her furniture. I know. Does that fucking break your heart? Like, was she selling it because she needed money? Or was she selling it just because she was, like, upgrading? You know, career prostitute could go either way, you know, yeah. like it, it, and, and depends on which end of sound shock she was working. I guess, I guess. Oh, poor woman. So, and he, yeah. there was some circumstantial evidence um, to say that he might have actually met her several years earlier in, in possibly in Le Havre, in um, another town. Mm -hmm. We don't really know. Um, so, but yeah. Landru doesn't doesn't hit me as the type of somebody who would hire a prostitute. He, but he was uh, kind of, some, some sources suggest he was, uh, and I'm going to quote, sexually ravenous. Mm. He seemed to be able to talk his way into anybody's pants that he wanted, though. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. So, okay, we're finally done talking about the victims. Oh, my god, That was a rough six years. Yeah. <laughs> I think what makes it, makes it a bit rough is... There's no finality to it. There's no finality. I considered actually condensing it and just discussing the commonalities, um, but then I was like, 
you know, it's kind of disrespectful to the victim. It's disrespectful. Yeah. They, 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 they deserve their identities. They deserve to have their their names and and a little bit of their lives because it got taken away from them. It got stolen. Absolutely. By this absolute monster. Yeah. So so yeah, I'm I'm glad that we did that, even though it was kind of rough, and I'm running low on beer. <laughs> the the thing that gets me too, there are going to be those people out there that see the two victims that were prostitutes. And go, well, they deserved it. No, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Absolutely not. As far as I'm concerned, honestly, prostitute is a very respectable career decision. Yeah, it's absolutely... I, I see nothing wrong with it. Same here. Same yeah. here. It's... Uh, out of all the things you could give a person, an orgasm <laughs> is probably one of the better ones, quite honestly. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Here's your... Let's face it. Let's face it. I've done things for my partners on their birthdays. <laughs> You've probably done things for your partners on their birthdays and Christmas. <laughs> We're whores. <laughs> I won't have to buy as nice as a gift if I uh, snack attack the cabbage patch. <laughs> snack attack the cabbage patch. Jesus. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> Snack attack the cabbage patch. Feel free to use that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes. It's all yours. It's mm -hmm. a gift. Maybe not as good as an orgasm, but it's a gift. It's an it's the gift that could lead to an orgasm. There yeah. you go. I've always said if I can make a woman laugh, I am ninety percent of the way there. <laughs> it's the truth. It is the truth. And I will only use my powers for good. <laughs> but if you walk up to somebody and you're familiar with them enough to go, hey, baby, how about you uh, turn the lights down low? You uh, you put on some uh, light music. I'll put on my Spider-Man pajamas and I'll snack attack the cabbage patch <laughs> until you tell me to stop. Oh, mm -hmm. my gosh. Yeah. Come on. Come on. It's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, it is. And it works. <laughs> Good for you, man. There we go. Count it. Right on. <laughs> so back to uh, the monster. Um well, Andrew, keep in mind, this is all happening during the backdrop of World War One, And that's why he got away with exactly. it. Exactly. Because the police force is diminished due to the draft. And they also don't really... There's there's hundreds of thousands of men dying on the front. They're like, eh, some women disappearing. Who, who, oh, yeah. who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so, and he's also... He's defrauding discharged soldiers of their pensions, too, while he's doing all this. Busy guy. Absolutely. Busy dude. These swindlers, as we've seen, like with H.H. H. Holmes, they, they're they they're prodigious, and they they really just work hard. It's, it's weird because we talked about the laziness earlier, potentially, yeah. of not wanting to actually, like, build a factory. But he worked really hard at being an asshole and a swindler. I think he found that it was the thing he was best at and that he enjoyed it. With the silver tongue? Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, and his wife and children were of no fucking help to justice whatsoever. No, no, they were of help to him, yeah. in fact. Uh, his son Charles acted as a chauffeur and helped him remove furniture from his victims' homes. At least five of them. Yeah, and then his other son Maurice helped his father concoct alibis. Mm -hmm. Jesus fucking Christ. And as we said, the police were indifferent. Um, they didn't really give a shit. And he may have never been apprehended if Wait. not for... You're forgetting uh, what his his wife. Oh, yeah. His oh, wife. Yeah. She, she was living under... Some, some sources said they were estranged during this period. But she was living under one of his aliases. Um, she helped him get uh, into Boisson's bank account by forging a signature. She impersonated Louise Jean 
to, to get into her bank account, she was helping him. And Couchet, Jean Couchet, who we talked about, mm-hmm. she was the very first one, right after her disappearance, she got, Marie Catherine got a pretty watch. It was Couchet's. Yeah. Yeah. Which is gross. It's ghoulish. It's ghoulish, yeah. It's it's right next to, it's the next worst thing to actually eating a human body, in my opinion. <laughs> it's it's to just... take To take the possessions of your husband's murder victim. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and she, she had to know. There's, that's weird. There's something worse. Like, if, some, if you murder somebody and then take their stuff, mm-hmm. that to me doesn't seem as bad as if you know somebody was murdered and yet you receive their stuff as a gift. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it's almost passive in a way, but it, it's Passive also, but complicit. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And there's, I think, okay, so I think she knew, but she didn't know, no. I think she, she seemed to be very much, she seemed to be She's in like some denials. a mafia wife. Yeah, there's, there's definite, like, she, yeah. cognitive dissonance going on there where she's like, well, you know, like, maybe he got this in a bad way, but probably not. No, it's okay. It's a pretty watch. Look at that. That's pretty. It keeps time. And the police were just indifferent. They didn't yeah, give absolutely. a fuck. And he may have never been apprehended. This mm-hmm. podcast might not have been possible. Exactly. Today's podcast is brought to you by Marie Lacoste. Yes. Heroine. Oh, Heroine yeah. of the story. We needed one, ladies oh. and gentlemen. And here she comes to save the fucking day. Thank you. God for Marie Lacoste. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. That sounds right. Okay. Um, I mean, you, you're pronouncing almost every letter in it, so it's probably not right, but <laughs> it, it sounds right to my... Thank my... you, my love. <laughs> <laughs> so she's the younger half-sister of Celestine Besson, who we mentioned earlier. She had her suspicions about Landru from the beginning. Oh, she disliked him. No, yeah, there was yes. no love lost between them. Um, and it caused a division between the sisters. They, you know, she, she went to the villa, um, Marie Lacoste did, and she, Marie found out that, uh, Fromette, which, you know, was one of his aliases, had taken over Celestine's investments. Yeah. So big argument. They go back to Paris, the sisters. Landru takes Celestine back to Gombe, another one-way train ticket. Mm-hmm. Always get the two-way. Yeah. Always get the two-way ticket. And she's never seen again. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say this. If you're ever with anybody and they buy you a one-way ticket and they have gotten themselves a two-way ticket... Think about that. Yeah. Just think about the implications there. Just, just, just for a second. Yeah. Let's not do that. Let's not. No, mm. no. That, that tells you something. And here's the thing. Landru was worried about Marie. He smelled another predator. A different type of predator. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Marie is... Marie's a fucking hound dog mm-hmm. on this guy. Yes. And he's, he's thinking about, <clears throat> how do I get rid of this? He sends her two fake postcards. Marie goes, this isn't fucking real. And she points out all this stuff. Mm-hmm. She, uh, Landru goes to Marie's workplace and invites her to dinner with Celestine, intending to kill her in the empty apartment. Mm-hmm. And, and she, she goes, refuses. no, I'm yeah. good. I'm <laughs> yeah. good. Smart lady. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she, she starts to figure things out. Um, Boisson's son, okay, so one source said that he went blind at the front, 
and was was writing to his or trying to get a hold of his mother for money. And one source said that he died, and nobody could get a hold of her to tell her. Obviously, I I had gotten that he was blinded. Yeah, I had seen more blinded than died. I had seen both, so I'm gonna go blinded. Okay, because if if it would be a thing where if he was dead and I wasn't speaking to Celestine, I would have just, you know, as the as Marie, I would have just written a little note. Yeah. But this, it seems more plausible to me. He had asked to borrow money from yeah. Celestine. He's in need. Yeah, he so is in need. So there's an urgency there. Exactly. Yes. And I think I think that's what happened. He had uh, asked Marie to interview with Celestine on his behalf. Marie visits the apartment, expecting to find Celestine. Finds out Celestine hasn't been there since the summer of 1917. This is December of 1918. Yeah. She has not bad. been there for like a year and a half. Marie puts it all together. Boom. Springs into action. Oh, yeah. Compiles a dossier. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Physical appearance, known movements, locations, and design of, of the houses of the house. The thefts, the forged postcards, the phony invitations, and hands it all over in a pretty bow. Mm-hmm. To another asshole. <laughs> yes. Inspector Jules Bellin of what I love, the Paris Flying Squad, uh, is the Brigade Mobile, something like that. Um, but I, I think Flying Squad is better, even though he's an asshole. Yeah. And they, they also go to the mayor, just as you said. And yeah. He, he goes, I have no idea who Landrew is, which is bullshit. He knows exactly who he is, but does put them in contact with Victorine Pala, the sister of the sixth victim, Anna Cologne. Yeah, so at least that, that does make some movement happen right. on it, um, even though he should have done more. Yeah. And Balin, uh, Balin, it sounds like I'm like just like trying to get something out of my throat or balloon something. Balloon with a cold. Balloon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, balloon. 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 Um, Bal- Inspector Balin um, basically just plagiarizes all of, all of Lacoste's notes, um, yeah. her, her extensive dossier. On Landrew for his own purposes, which you asswipe you. Yeah. Ugh. He didn't even really catch him. Yeah, he didn't do hardly any work yeah. on this. Marie's friend. He's that guy in the group project yeah. that everybody hates. Yeah, who does nothing. Then. And takes all the credit. Exactly. Marie's friend, Lara Bunhill, spots Landrew. He, she runs home to tell Marie, and Marie calls Belin. And then Landrew's arrested after accosting two women on the metro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he was already there. And uh, essentially, Boleyn has to go in and go, uh, him. Yeah, pretty much, that's it. Like going to the store and picking out a cantaloupe. (laughs) (laughs) I could do that. Absolutely. Apparently, I could be on the flying squad, too. Ooh. So, yeah, they they finally apprehend him. But actually pinning him down for it... Is a little harder. It's 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 little pieces put together. He had a ledger, a little like, memory notebook, and they found the names of all eleven victims written in there. Um, and he had even recorded the purchase of the tickets, one way from Paris to Gombe, round trip mm-hmm. for himself, little telling there. Um, they dug up the gardens in both Gombe and Vernouillet over and over again. Um, they they. <laughs> They worked and they worked trying to find something, and finally the neighbors at Gombe were like, hey, look, so sometimes it was like really gross-smelling smoke coming out of the kitchen, so you might want to check that out. Um, And so they removed the stove, 
that the they had put in that Landru had put in, and they found uh, small bones. Essentially Peach. enough to uh, not even enough to fill an envelope. Yeah, really. Which how hot must that fire have been? Because we've seen before that it needs to be really hot. Yeah. So what was he doing? He must have been putting something in there to really like amp up the fire and and, and make it hotter because you, you're just you're just your standard fire isn't gonna do, do that. it. Yeah. Yeah. That so had must have to been be like making it into a crematorium, basically. I am. I imagine it wasn't so much. Like, a lot of people think you can get rid of a body just by burning it overnight. I see Landru as the sick son of a bitch who would just keep burning. God, can you imagine being that neighbor? Burning. Yeah. That's, that's, oof. Well, Jeffrey Dahmer's neighbors put up with a lot. My neighbors were burning a lot of garbage last year. I'm having questions. (laughs) But anyhow. It's always the neighbors. (laughs) It's always the neighbors. So, yeah, they also found some sort of, uh, like, like burned, but also they could still tell what it was, fasteners that French women usually wore on their clothes back then. So they pretty much were like, okay, I think we have enough. Yeah. We, we can charge you, but it took, like, two years. Well, it was a thing. The magistrate thought he was going to be able to wrap up this case in days, but just the, just all the, uh, all the missing people, that they, they really couldn't find where they had gone to. Mm-hmm. Landru is refusing to confirm his ID, repeatedly proclaiming innocence. And then on top of that, you have, uh, you know, all the stuff. Landru kept the, the stuff. He would, like, take their stuff and store it. Mm-hmm. And it was a thing where, like, they had to track down all the storage depots and all the places that he lived. It was a nightmare. Yeah. It was a nightmare. And you don't, in this type of case, you don't want to leave anything because anything you leave out could be the potential door for Landru to just walk free. Mm-hmm. And the family, the family was never formally charged, even though they were not just complicit. They, they aided. Yeah, yeah, aided and abetted. Mary Catherine herself was released because she had a bad back. What the fuck? What is going on here? Yeah. My back's a little sore. Well, you're free to go. <laughs> Apparently that works. Yeah. So there. I guess if you're ever on trial for murder or accessory to murder, bad back. There's your out. You're welcome. Who knew it was so easy? Yeah. So November 1921, his trial begins. And it took about a month. Almost a month. Um, and... It's interesting that the French system, I didn't know much about it. And I found out a little bit about it for this, at least for, from one article. CrimeLibrary.com. Ooh. An article on CrimeLibrary.com, which I will be using more. Um, so you have a three-judge panel. The chief judge is can, can act as an interrogator. Um, lawyers also can, too, from, from other stuff. I, but, you know, if the lawyer... I don't know how exactly it works with deciding who's actually going to do the interrogation in the, in the actual trial. Um... And so they, they, that's the, the, the questioning. Relatives of the victim can bring suit for damages during the course, like while the trial is going on. So they sort of bring in the civil side during the criminal portion. I actually like that. We should do that here. It's, it's very honestly. efficient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quick and, and speedy, my ass. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. And um, so the victim's uh, attorneys can, you know, actually question the accused and argue, like, in front of the jury. Like, there's, there's, there's actual argument going on. Um, 
And so just that's just if, if we're wrong about that, um, you know, uh, sorry, but that, sue us. Yeah. <laughs> In it, France. It, no, sue us here. It'll take longer. <laughs> <laughs> that's just true. So, um, but yeah, his his basically his his defense was basically just say very little or nothing. Yeah. He was it was very frustrating for the lawyers and the the, the judges involved. Um, he would just he wouldn't answer questions. He would say, okay, there was one case in open court. He was asked, what of your relationship with Madame Guillaume? And he said, I am a gallant man and will say nothing. I cannot think of revealing the nature of my relations with Madame Guillaume without the lady's permission. Lady's dead. Damn. Damn. Lady can't give permission. And this, this made the OJ trial. We keep coming back to that. Yeah. This, and OJ was pretty, pretty tame in comparison to this. Because celebrities just came to this trial and sat mm-hmm. in the audience. You had musical actress uh, Miss Tingue. Uh, you had actors Maurice Chevalier and Sasha Guthrie. You had author Rudyard Kipling. Rudyard, mm-hmm. I had more respect for you. I'm sorry. And author Colette. So that whole single, that mononym thing oh, yes. was around back then, too. And you had photographers allowed in, in court, possibly for the first time. Yeah. Um, and they were just in there every day taking pictures. And, it, yeah, it became a big sensation. And it, it was, swelled to, like, 500 people in the room. Yeah. It, it, all control was fucking lost. And people people really, like, they flocked to this for a reason. Like, this was post-World War One. Shit was still pretty grim. You know, um, there was still like much deprivation going on. The peace talks were going a little shitty. So people just needed this, yeah. especially after the horrors of the war. Um, they, 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 they looked to it for comfort, much like we yeah. kind of do in a weird way. Yeah. And the person I feel the sorriest for in this situation, don't get me wrong, the victims in that situation, but in this situation is, honest to God, Landrew's attorney. Oh, God, I feel yeah. so bad for the guy. Vincent de Moray-Gioffre, he's the most famous lawyer in France, and he hates his client, Landrew. But he thinks he's insane, but he, he hated the death penalty more. Moreau uh, had a huge problem, and that was keeping Landrew's fucking mouth shut. Yeah. Uh, Landrew would consistently let on that he knew more about the disappearances than, than he was saying. Uh, he kept demanding access to his victim's furniture uh, and denied having happy genitalia times with most of them. He also um, insisted that just his very sanity that, that the court affirmed was a, a basis for his innocence. Apparently, you can only kill people if you're crazy and if they say you're not crazy then the killing of the people you're not you not you're innocent of it like his, his logic there doesn't, doesn't his logic that doesn't really work and it frequently doesn't work um he <laughs> Um, he said that because, you know, he had been judged sane to stand trial, that meant he was innocent. He showed no remorse for the murders, but he was embarrassed because when they brought up, you know, the, 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 the fact that he was cheating on her, his wife would find, uh, cheating on his wife, she would find out in court. The, it's just, there's no logic. There's no logic whatsoever. But here's the thing, in a weird coincidence... Robert Godfrey, the prosecutor, was suffering from a horribly from the flu. Yeah. And remember, this is 19... What, 17? No, this is 21. 21? 
we just had the swine flu epidemic. The flu is not anything to fuck with oh, yeah, at this yeah. point. It, 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 it wiped out a large portion of the, the population after the war had already right. wiped out a large portion. I had actually read a book that made a very concise argument that the that the actual winner of World War One was the swine flu. Yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It was, it was terrible. There was yeah. just nobody left to fight. So here we have a guy who's literally dying mm-hmm. in, in the thing. And the judge goes, uh, Bobby, just go sit down. I'll, I'll, I'll handle this. And the judge actually starts, starts the prosecution. And that's actually what they can do. Yeah, the, the, absolutely. The, the lead judge is allowed to actually interrogate, which is just such an interesting way of going about it. I'd be okay with that. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting system. And yeah. I, I, I have to wonder, like, the education of lawyers and, and judges and, like, it brings up all kinds of questions that makes me wonder about the, the finer details and maybe someday I'll look into it, but and not Ma- today. Moreau spins this wild tale of, well, maybe Landrew didn't kill them. Maybe he sold them into slavery. Yeah, right? Because that's better. That's definitely better. Yeah. Oh, my instead, God. Uh, instead of murdering them, he just subscribed them to a life of hell. <laughs> so let my... It's fine. Let my buddy go. Yeah. Um, and uh, at one point, Landrew uh, traced the picture of his kitchen. Um, I was so afraid you were going to say his dick. No, <laughs> no, no yeah. his actual kitchen. There we go. I have that's a, for you. I have a picture of it bookmarked and, and ready to post at some point. Um... And including the stove, you know, where all those noxious fumes and smoke yeah. came from. Yeah. Handed it to one of his lawyers. And it wasn't until December 1967 that the drawing was made public. He had written on the back. Oh, I had designs of reading the French, but I don't know if I should. Okay, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to okay, go for it. I'm going to read go. the French, and then, of course, I'll give the translation. Ce n'est pas le mur derrière lequel il passé. No, il s'est passé quelque chose. Mais bien la cuisinière dans laquelle on a brûlé quelque chose. That probably any French people listening probably want to smack me. Um, Your duck is not a butler, Christy. <laughs> Why would he even write that? It, uh, the translation goes as follows. It is not the wall behind which a thing takes place, but indeed the stove in which a thing has been burned. Which was basically like, I did it! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is just like, I don't get so many of his actions. Um, but it didn't take long for him to be convicted. See, the translation I got... Oh, you got a different translation. I got a different Ooh. translation. One can burn out on the front of it. One can burn anything one wants in there. On the back, this demonstrates the stupidity of the witnesses. Nothing had happened in front of the wall, but in the house. Ooh. That's that's the translation that I got from it. I think mine is a little bit more direct from the words, but that's not how like French to English always right. works because there's order of words and there's syntax and and there's a lot lot more going on there. So, it's interesting that, you know, you could interpret it in a couple different ways. It's weird. So, yeah, but it just 25 days of testimony. 25 days of testimony. How many hours does it take the jury to convict him? Not many. Two to three. Yeah. Two to three hours. Um, they came back with a nine to three guilty verdict. So they don't require a nine in favor of guilty. They don't require a full jury right. to agree. They, I guess, just need a majority or something. But even even that broken jury was unanimous on theft and fraud. Yes. Yes. They were also unanimous on something else. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, a clemency appeal that would have commuted the sentence to hard labor presented by Landrieu's attorney. But they, they they didn't know what they were signing. Because it was all chaos. It, it was so crazy. Yeah, it was yeah. just like they he put a piece of paper in front of them. They went, I guess this is part of the jury proceedings. Sign yeah. this. Yeah. And, uh... But, guess who didn't sign it at first? Landrew. Landrew. Dumbass. No, no. He was like, that's that would be, that would be a, you know, a, a, acknowledging it, admitting it. Yeah, I, I'm i not a murderer. I'm a dumbass. Yeah. And it, it didn't, he, he eventually did sign it, and then the president rejected it anyhow. Mm-hmm. So, um, didn't matter. Good work, Alexandre Millon. Yeah. <laughs> so he was sentenced to death. And a death sentence in uh, France. Up until... Um, 1970... Oh, you also looked it up? No, no. I just know this fact because the last guillotining happened whenever Star Wars was still in theaters. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was. I believe it was... Um, seven, 77? Oh, yeah. 76? Right here. Uh, 77. Mm-hmm. And that was its last use. It was officially abolished in 81. So, more recent than I expected. Yeah. The last guillotining actually happened whenever Star Wars was still in theaters. Yeah. I honestly think the guillotine is a very cruel... Guillotine. 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 My family used these things. So you should be able to pronounce it correctly, says the woman who's been fucking up pronunciation. True. Right? This is true. I think the guillotine is actually a very... <sighs> there was a better way of going about executing people. Yeah. Um, not that I'm in favor of the death penalty, but severing the head does not mean instant death. Yeah. There there was one case, and I wish I would have thought of this. I'm only thinking of this right now, where the person actually said, I, you come over, look at my head, I'm going to keep blinking for as long as I can. And the head kept blinking for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then it stopped and they went, Steve! And he went, and then the eyes shot open and it started blinking again. I honestly think probably an anvil that would just crush the head would probably be better than a guillotine. I was reading a description of the studies about the guillotine and and, well, and decapitation in general and you know how soon actual like death occurs afterwards. And I was also eating my salad at lunch, and I had scroll, least, scroll, 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 scroll past it. I was like, I don't, I can't, I can't do this right yeah. now. No, I need to actually eat food. Um, so yeah, it was that. It's 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 pretty pretty horrifying. Um, so yeah, he was executed by guillotine on February twenty fifth, nineteen twenty two, outside the gates of prison. Prison? Prison? I don't know. Uh, Prison Saint-Pierre. Prison Saint-Pierre in Versailles. Um, And he walked out of the prison and was beheaded in about 20 seconds. 20 seconds. 20 seconds. Done. Yeah. Done. And he's buried in the cemetery des Gonards, which is where somebody kicked me a couple of days ago. (laughs) They were very upset. And, yeah, they actually, the police would later come to the conclusion after like going through all of his correspondence and all the evidence that he had actually during the war either met or corresponded romantically with 283 women 283 women that's during like a four-year period and 72 of those they never found those women they never tracked them down that is 72 potential victims. Granted, a lot harder to track somebody down. It's a war. There's a lot going on. Or it's post-war time. I consider still, myself pretty successful. I consider myself pretty successful on Tinder. Yeah. I don't think... Not that I'm killing these women. Uh, but... Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> but... 
278. 283. 283. Total, yeah, that he corresponded with, and 72 never traced. I think maybe like 25. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. on Tinder. I thought I was doing quite well. This this guy was he 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 found what he liked to do and he he did it and it's unfortunate for the the, the poor women who were his victims. And this guy looks like fucking like homeless Rasputin. I know, but he also in a way I showed a picture of him to Jackson. He was like, oh yeah, he looks very French. <laughs> he was like très français. <laughs> très français. Let's see here. He just he has the French look about him. Oh. I'm telling you, Scott, I saw lots of older men that had that look. Uh, so many. Wow. See, I just I just can't see what a woman would find attractive about that, but at different times. Silver time. tongue and, and different times. Different yeah, times. Yeah, a lot of that. So, so yeah. Maybe I need uh, to stop telling women I'm going to snack attack the Cabbage Patch for them on their birthday. <laughs> that might be the problem. <laughs> we finally found it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, he became, uh, as we, we referenced earlier in the intro, uh, the nicknamed the Bluebeard of Gombe, um, after, you know, a, a, a medieval nobleman, um, I may have said mythical, I might have said mythical earlier, but he, there, there was actually a guy, so it's, it's kind of confusing, like, what, there, there's the, the myth, and then there's a guy that was actually, um, they, they called Bluebeard and, and executed, and mm. so they called him the Bluebeard of Combine. It's very confusing, like, trying to figure out. <laughs> One of the most beautiful definitions I've ever heard of a myth a myth is the truth wrapped in a lie. Yeah, that's very, yeah, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. It's absolutely perfect. And here we have, like, possibly, like, the truth wrapped in a lie, wrapped in the truth wrapped in a lie. Who knows? Because yeah. I also read another article, and we'll, we'll probably do the, the you know, original, like, Bluebeard at some point in time. Um, not the myth, but the, the, the guy, I don't know. It's so confusing! The myth, the man, the legend. <laughs> the Bluebeard. The Bluebeard. Um, but, yeah, there are some, some questions of whether, you know, like, that, you know, trial was actually fair, and whether he actually was guilty, so... But yeah, um, he the the name Bluebeard, um, Merriam-Webster. Uh, it, it's in the dictionary. It's a man who marries and kills one wife after another. Um, you can perform some bluebearding. You can bluebeard someone or someone's um, killing a series of women or seducing seducing and abandoning a series of women. So um, the, this Bluebeard thing has, has stuck around. It's not in, in super common usage mm -hmm. or anything, but when you hear Bluebeard, you know it's related to. Okay, so I did actually think Bluebeard was a pirate until I later. did too. Oh yes, okay, yes. I did too. Thank it's you. okay. It's, it's such okay. a pirate name. It's Blackbeard. Blackbeard is Black the pirate. pirate yes. Yeah. No, I thought Bluebeard was a pirate. I just thought maybe he was Blackbeard's brother. See, the we, Beard Brothers. We learned something. It's here. blue, black, and uh, Frank from ZZ Top. Yes. <laughs> so, um, in the Museum of Death. Yes. In Hollywood. There There's is several of them. There's not just one in Hollywood, in the Hollywood branch of the Museum of Death. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't oh. realize that. All right. There is a severed head on display that is supposedly the severed head of Laundry. Yes. Yes. Um, and it's a sight. It is. It's, uh, that it's, is it's a... It's one of those things where I'm like, should I post that on our social media? But don't people expect it of us? <laughs> You know, yeah. like... So there is one in Hollywood and one in New Orleans. Oh, okay. All right. And they each have a head of lender. No, no, oh, they do not. I was going to say, damn. They do not. But yeah, um, you know what? I'm like looking at the severed head right now. 
Yeah, I can see it. I can see it too. I absolutely can see it. Yeah. I can see it. We'll have to like post it side by side of the head with a picture of him and and see what people think. So you know, you put a beard on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, that's a dead ringer. That is a dead ringer. Dead. Dead. Ringer. Ringer. There we go. I'm just going to leave that up here to stare at you, Christy, for the rest of the show. Oh, great. Have fun. I won't do that. Thank you. (laughs) Landrew's house in Gambay was converted into a restaurant. Oh. It still stands to this day. In 1923, the oven was sold. The oven itself was sold to a businessman who had intended to put it on display, but the exhibit was banned. Hmm. And just like the victims, the ovens vanished. Huh. Nowhere, nowhere to be found. There are two famous films based on this case. The one is called uh, Landru, 1963. It ignores the first four murders and kind of kind of recasts the women as very attractive damsels. Mm-hmm. The other one was written by Orson Welles. And has Charlie Chaplin. It's oh, called yes. Monsieur Verdot, about a bank clerk that loses a job and kills women to support his family. <laughs> Chabrol's Landru. Uh, Chabrol, Claude Chabrol, the director and creator of uh, Landru, the 1963 film, was actually sued by Landru's mistress. Oh, really? Yeah. Fernand Sagre. She disapproved of her portrayal by actress Stephanie Audron. And sued Chevrolet hmm. and won. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, she received modest, a modest sum. She retires to a care home in Flair and commits suicide in 1968. No one really got out of this one alive. No. Or, or happy yeah. or anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's... This this was a weird one. It almost mm-hmm. seemed like, like everybody came to a bad end in this one. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean... Crime happened. Yeah. It was old-timey. There were lots of bad ends in the old-timey times, especially when there were crimes. Yeah. So, yeah. Hence the podcast name. Yeah, that's basically our our, uh, our raison d'etre, mm. you oh. might say. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a French word earlier for something, and I couldn't couldn't get it. So I'm glad that I managed to, to grasp for one now. Omnette du fermage. <laughs> Nom de plume. Oh. <laughs> It's our Je voudrais en bière, s'il vous plaît. Jesus Christ, I don't even know. It just got very cheesy in here. That's, I would like a beer, please. Oh, <laughs> see, all I, know, I only know that in Spanish. Una cerveza, por favor. Oh, there you go. And then you can just go, if you know, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, you can just get drunker and drunker as oh, the night goes on. Absolutely. <laughs> C'est parfait. <laughs> I don't like the new Christie. <laughs> She's douche. <laughs> that one's for you, Lisa. We, we do we do need we do need something like that in the English language. I had a bowel movement. <laughs> I fell off my bicycle and hit my head on the pavement. It does make things seem more like elegant, doesn't it? It is the gray poupon of vocalization, mm-hmm. is what it is. Yes, it is. Dropping the T and just oh, <laughs> getting it from the back of the throat. <laughs> <laughs> what are your plans for this week, Christy? Um, just recovering, just kind of like getting back into the swing of things. I'm going to try and write some this weekend, mm. and I've got a, another podcast episode to record this weekend I got to prep for. See, I did, um, I did my other one last night. So. Yeah, that we're doing on Sunday, we're recording the other one, so, uh, 
So yeah, just basically doing that stuff um, and cleaning up around the house and, and trying to get things like, you know, we've got suitcases up on the bed, as you can see. I put them up there so they're out of Squeak's way because she don't want to put big things in her way when she's trying to navigate with her, her blindness. So so yeah, just nothing nothing really exciting. Just getting back into the swing of things and getting, you know, back to back to life. So how about you? Pray for us. It's so hot in Johnson. Oh my right gosh. Now. Well, it's not as hot as in France, so we can at least say that much. It was so hot. I caught a heroin addict putting the copper back into an AC unit the <laughs> It's bad. It's yeah, it's so fucking hot right now. Especially right now, as we're speaking. Both Christy and I are glistening with sweat and grease. Oh, yeah, yeah. My armpits are nice and sweaty. Uh, it's, imagine. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, imagine mine are, too. Yeah, I've been, I've been smelling the scent of my feet for the past hour and 45 minutes, and it's, okay. it's not good. It's I not can't, good. I can't smell it over the stent of my own armpit. Oh, there so we go. Excellent. We're good. Excellent. We're good. Uh, this week, um, I, I am probably going to do some more research. Uh, I've been doing, I've got like a whole bunch, I've got like four main goals in my life. Mm -hmm. And I've decided like each day I'm going to take one step towards that goal. So like one of them is weight loss. One of them is moving out of Johnstown. And if I do move out of Johnstown, don't worry. I want to keep this going. We will have to do it over Skype or something yeah. like that. Oh, Skype sucks for podcasting. Sorry, Skype. But... Google Hangouts is better. Okay. Google well, that, they're discontinuing that event at some point in time. So really? Yeah. Oh crap. What are we going to use now? Oh, somebody will come in. Somebody yeah. will come in with something. But so it's like each one of these little things, move away, lose the weight, uh, get more listeners on the podcast, get more viewers on my YouTube channel. Each one of those things, I'm doing at least one thing a day to make that happen. That's fantastic. Yeah, Good for yeah. you. So each day, like, I do that little checklist. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, feeling good. Feeling good about stuff. Great. I'm so nice to myself. But, oh, man, thank you so much for listening. Yes. We have um, one more shout-out uh, that I neglected. Catogrot85, I hope I'm saying that how it was intended, uh, liking and following us all over on um, Podbean. Uh, thank you very much. And Absolutely. And if Appreciate you want us to shout you out, then feel free to like and follow us on wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate and review subscribe, all that fun stuff. Just, you know, like put a five star rating up there and just, you know, you can even just tell us, you know, my favorite, uh, old timey crimey crime is, and then tell us what it is. It doesn't even have to be a murder. It can be something else, you know, it, it, it I mean, heck, I think my favorite old timey crimey is actually the Johnstown flood, which Absolutely. we'll do one day. So Fantastic. we actually found one today that doesn't involve a murder at all. A counterfeiter from 1933. So when we need a break, yeah. that's what we'll do, which after next week, we might need a break because guess what guys? Next week, I'm breaking out the serious shit with Hans Schmidt. Oh, man. Oh, it's going to be horrific. Oh, my God. <laughs> i got to start reading that whole thing soon. That's Pray for me, people. Pray for me. <gasps> That's right. I get the week off. Yes, you do. And I get I'm... the week really on. I'm afraid. <laughs> I come back from France and I dive into the sick shit with Hans Schmidt. So, yes. So, yeah. Rate, review, subscribe, like, follow. Twitter, Old Timey Crimey. Facebook, Old Timey Crimey. Reddit, Old Timey Crimey. We have a subreddit. So, yeah. Just do whatever. We really appreciate it. We love it so much. Um, and... 
Don't forget, look us up on YouTube as well. Oh, yes. We are on YouTube. The uh, The channel that we're on is called Strange Pathways. But if you type in Old Timey Crimey, we have a few uh, a few videos up there. That way, you know what? If you, for some strange reason, you don't have access to iTunes, you don't have access to Potomatic, what have you, we are there on YouTube as mm-hmm. well. So while you're over at the Strange Pathways channel, which is one of my channels, don't forget, click like, hit subscribe, mm-hmm. and... And click that bell for the notifications. Absolutely, yes. So, this has been a fun, crazy time with uh, talking about a monster and some <laughs> poor women. <laughs> so, but on that note, I brought it down again, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I'm going to ask you to cut that out, but I know you're not going to. I'm not going to. <laughs> All right. <laughs> on that note, thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.